Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. It's a drama based on a BBC show called Dr. Foster, which was created by Mike Bartlett. And the show's development and writing had quite a few hands involved when it was being adapted for Korean programming. Uh, Kang Eun-kyung was the creative director of this show. I guess she was overseeing the project and the, the Korean adaptation of it. I don't exactly know what her precise role is but Kang Eun-kyung is a veteran writer she's known for uh, King of Baking Kim Takgu it's also called uh, Bread Love and Dreams which is what a cheesy title that is yeah she wrote that it won Yoon Shi-yoon Best New Actor Award back in 2010 and it was a very popular series I think the rating was something like over 50% I mean that's that's really, really high. Kang eun also wrote a very popular show called Hotelier. Came out in 2001. And another show that had, like, I think decent viewings. I mean, I saw it when I was a kid. It's called Glass Slippers. Came out in 2002. I think Soji Sub gets killed in that show. <laughs> he gets killed a lot. Soji Sub got killed in a lot of shows that came out in the early 2000s. Poor guy. The actual writing of the show was conducted by Chu Hyun. Um, I don't have a lot of info on her. Maybe she's a, a new writer. I'm, I'm not sure what her deal is. The music on this show was extremely intense. It's got like a lot of epic qualities to it. It's got like opera in it. It's got like an entire string orchestra. Um, yeah. If you can't feel the drama of this show's premise, then you will definitely get it from the music. The protagonist is Dr. Chi. She's a mother to a teenage son and has a filmmaker husband. And they seem like this beautiful, picture-perfect family, but turns out her husband's production company has been hemorrhaging money for a long time. Uh, he's been stealing from her behind her back, like signing out, signing out like second mortgages without her knowledge. Uh, he's been in a two-year-long affair with another woman and that woman just so happens to be dr g's patient's daughter oh my god and dr g's colleague neighbors friends they all knew about the affair and they spent time with um dr g's husband and his mistress at like parties and events and get-togethers like oh my god and they've been like texting him you know, on his separate cell phone, like the affair cell phone, they've been texting him like about her whereabouts, like sending intel about Dr. G and what what her suspicions are, what she's talking about so that he could sneak around and continue to have this affair with this younger woman, which is like, oh my God, like she can't trust anybody. Everybody's been in on this bullshit. Can you believe that? I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Like, Your work colleague, your neighbors, people you called friends 
are hanging out with him and his girlfriend. Oh my god. And then the the other woman, right? The younger woman that's um fucking her husband. She shows up at Dr. G's office because she's not feeling well. She's complaining of like flu symptoms or whatever. So Dr. G runs some tests and oh my god, she's pregnant. <laughs> can you imagine? Like can you imagine running tests on like a woman that you know is like sleeping with your husband and then one of the tests happens to show that she's pregnant? Like can you imagine being that doctor? Oh my gosh. The World of the Married is the highest rated cable series of all time as of January 2021. That's when I'm recording this. It beats Sky Castle, which was holding that record for like a long time, like over a year. And it beat all the other popular Korean cable series. You know, like it beat Goblin. It beat Crash Landing on You. It beat all the, it beat Itaewon Class. It beat all the dramas that you think are like so fucking important and popular and epic. One of my favorite things about The World of the Married is Kim Hye. Kim Hye is a K-drama queen, okay? She's not a princess. She's not some pretty young thing or a cute-looking chick. No. Kim Hye is a queen. She's a queen to be reckoned with, all right? She has, like, fucking Whitney Houston, you know, Aretha Franklin, like, Patti LaBelle status of queen okay in the k-drama world she's not to be fucked with all right like you don't know you don't know k-drama acting like epic drama acting until you have dealt with kim hye until you have encountered kim hye all right like it's kim hye and then everybody else the first time i saw kim hye for like you know ever um is a show that's like in my memory called pukpunge kejal came out in 1993. It loosely translates as stormy season. I doubt you'll be able to find any footage anywhere. It's like from ages ago. And it starred Kim Hye and it starred Che Jin Shi. Yeah, the late Che Jin Shi, another great. I mean, rest in peace Che Jin Shi. But this show was not a mini series. It was an epic serialized drama that went on for like 66 episodes. A lot of a lot of TV dramas used to be that way. Uh, Chang Dong-gun made a very brief appearance on that show when he was a young lad and just starting out in show business. Anyway, that was an epic drama, but like, so is The World of the Married. When I saw the end of the pilot episode, like, I had my mouth covered with both my hands because it was so intense. Like, I was watching it and like, it was the early phase of quarantine and oh my gosh, like, it really got my heart rate up. Kim Hye's outfits in this drama are amazing. Like... I don't know who her costume designer and production designer, um, I don't know who they were, but like the color schemes are really, really lovely. The show also had like really dope product placement. <laughs> you know, usually product placement's annoying as fuck, but like I love the product placement on this show because it had some of my favorite kitchenware, like Smeg, okay, which is an Italian brand of kitchenware, but has a very unfortunate name. The World of the Married has some interesting exploration of mental illness and trauma. It also has some interesting exploration of gender dynamics, the issue of abortion, right? Like abortion was illegal in Korea for like ever, forever. And um, I think this year in 2021, they're going to make it officially um, legal. I did not care for the negative portrayal of single working women like Dr. G's colleague, at the hospital comes off as this competitive, jealous, conniving bitch fueled by the fact that she's not married. And I really didn't care for that. Like, 
what a lousy hackneyed portrayal of an unmarried older woman. In fact, I find it nearly impossible to ever find a TV show or a movie that shows a strong, successful woman who is happy and satisfied with her career and her life without a man, without a child. Like, I'm looking for examples like that. I am genuinely seeking out examples like that. Anyway, I'm just, like, sick of the whole spinster stereotype. Like, I think every single um, narrative needs to just get over that. It's it's dumb. The world of the married also has an interesting portrayal of marriage and divorce and domestic violence and obsession. South Korea has a very high divorce rate. It's the divorce rate goes up every single year. Meanwhile, the number of marriages are on a decline every single year. Um, part of the issue with this is a general sense of dissatisfaction and unhappiness among couples. But it's I, I think it goes beyond just coupling i think it also has to do with the individual um finances have a lot to do with it you know south korea is becoming more and more of an expensive country to be in uh, a lot of the c- citizens of that country are not able to keep up with how expensive their countries become um so that's a contributing factor in this show's plot line uh dr g's family lives a lavish life but her husband is essentially a loser he doesn't bring in any income you know um, i mentioned this before but a lot of k-dramas these days they don't always end in marriage between the couple right they end on a note of promise that the two will continue to have some kind of positive relationship but they don't always tie the knot in the end and i think that has something to do with the fact that marriage is no longer the the go-to answer for every couple the question of does marriage need to be the end game is an important one that's being tossed around in korean dramas and i think that mirrors the question that contemporary korean society is also asking today i'm speaking with uh, an la-based comedian his name is dante chang dante's a korean american brother uh, from dc he is one of the blackest koreans i have ever met in fact that's his mo yeah, that's how he's um, introduced to the stage oftentimes, being a black Korean. He he headlines all over the country, all over all over the U.S. Um, you can see him at the Laugh Factory uh, clubs. You can also see him at the improv clubs. He's got this very strong chinopa vibe. For those of you who don't know, um, oppa vibe is very different from chinopa vibe, okay? Because chin means blood or kin okay so that's the difference that i'm setting here all right let's talk to dante chang you look nice thanks you. You no 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 Just trying to look nice for the for the viewers yeah i haven't been on a date in like years why um i guess i just don't uh trust people as much as i used to yeah it gets like that but i think sometimes you have to take the risk it's like gambling you know you like to gamble? I don't know. With certain things, I think... Like love? I, I, yeah. I, I think it, I don't know. I would always... I was never afraid of, like, risk or, or get risk getting hurt. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. It was never, like, a fear to me, you know? Mm. I, I would always, like, kind of, like, block it off at a certain point where, you know, I won't let, let it affect me. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because the first... I don't know. I think we all been through that when we're young and we get just... Our emotions, our emotions crushed. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And then we just like, I don't know. You learn and you're like, okay, I'm not going to give you that much. Uh-huh. You know? Then I don't know. 
It becomes easier, I think. And I don't think it's like a a permanent thing. I think it's just temporary. Um, just trying to, you know, I think a lot of women go through this phase when they're trying to mature, you know, like yeah. be abstinent, be like, be a little bit more self, self-reliant and focusing mm-hmm. on the self and care for the self a little more. I think uh, a lot of women go through this phase and I'm, I think I'm going through that phase currently. How long have you been going through that phase? Like, getting close to two years now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know any any nice boys that you want to introduce me to? Man, it's funny. I told this girl yesterday that I think is a really nice girl. No, I think most people (laughs) did. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's sad. This is the thing. I was raised by my mom and my aunt, right? Yeah. I was raised by women. So yes. I'm, I'm usually taking the women's side. It has to be excessive. Uh. Excessive for me to take the man's side. You know, like, uh, mm-hmm. even one of my friends, his girlfriend stabbed him. Right? <laughs> and he was like, this fucking bitch stabbed me, man. I was like, yeah, but what did you do? You know? <laughs> you get it. She's not just going to stab you. Yeah. You know? It was called for. Yeah, it was something. You know, and I was like, and he was like, the fuck, man? Why would you even ask me? What did I do? Like, why would you even? Yeah, you know, like the fact that you're not telling me, yeah, that's me thinking you did some shit. You know? Exactly. So, no, no, it, it, it was, it was, it was a crazy. But this is this is what actually happened. She refused to have sex with him on his birthday. Okay. So he, so he beat her up, <gasps> right? Because he was so pissed about it, he just started beat. He never put his hands on her, but it had been in a relationship for years. He just like he just lost it and just started beating her up because right? she didn't have sex with him. Yeah, on, on his birthday, right? Oh my god! And they were both drunk or something. And he so he just he, he felt bad about it. But the next day, she came in and just stabbed his ass. <laughs> and then my other friend married her. What? And, and my, my, his his best friend, my other our mutual friend, married the girl. Oh. Like like six months later, and then um, and then she beat him. Her and her son jumped him with a baseball bat, and he had to um. Go in the hospital for three weeks. Okay, so they're both out of their minds. Both of these well, people. No, no, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. I would say so. I was listening to. Do you know Wayne Dyer? You know him? No. Okay, he's like a he's like a motivational, positive speaker, like like a Tony Robbins kind of guy. But older. okay, but he's he's passed. But but he he said something that like even my mom. I told my mom she loved. She says, you, "People can't give away what they don't have." Mm. Like basically, like. They're like, well, why, why does this person love me back? Because they don't have it. They like, mm-hmm. has no money. They can't give you any, let you borrow any yes. money or give you any money. The person right. doesn't have love because they never received it. Say they lived in like a, mm. I don't know, the broken home or they lived in a shitty situation. They don't, right. they don't, they have, they don't have it to give. I have a friend like that where he's a good person, but he was so, he was treated by shit by his family. His upbringing was so terrible that it's hard for him to love. It's almost like when things get normal or comfortable or start to go good he finds a way to ruin it because yeah. that's what he's so used sabotage. to no because he, that's what they're used to it, it, it's right. it's uncomfortable for things to go well for yes. some people you know what i mean mm-hmm. so they they find a way to sabotage like you said find a way to sabotage it because yeah it, it's weird for them they don't know how to deal with love or how to deal with peace you know yeah. what I mean? they, they have to be they have to be in a hectic space for it to feel mm-hmm. normal for certain people, I noticed. Yeah, and, and, and you realize it's not it's not you, it's them. You mm-hmm. know, so you gotta just 
I don't know. Me personally, now it's got to a point where like, man, I can't even deal with you. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to distance myself. Even though necessarily you're, you might be a good person. It's not because you're not a good person. It's because your inner demons or your past trauma is now spilling onto my life. So I got to <laughs> walk away from you. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because your, your pain, your misery, like I can't, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm just not. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're just setting your boundaries to protect yourself and so that you don't perpetuate that pain. It's like oftentimes, um, you know, like when I find myself in a state of anger or sadness or something, um, it's not a good time for me to associate with other people because then I'm going to go fuck up their day, yeah. you know, and then they, they'll, their day will be ruined and they'll go fuck up somebody else's day. It's pain spreads. Right. So yeah, um, caring for yourself, setting your boundaries and all of that. It's in order to preserve peace on earth. It's yeah. it's a good thing. Because you, yes. can't, you can't give out peace if you don't have it yourself. Exactly. You know, so you're, you're putting yourself in that space. I'm about to graduate any day now from my PhD program. So Correct. wonderful. that's big, but it's also like I'm graduating. I'm going to be out of school with no job. Mm. <laughs> and... Um, trying to get a job in academia is like as hard as trying to get a job in show business, you know, and those are my two occupations, like academia and show business, you know, and both are extremely um, reliant on conditions that I can't control, you know? So it's, um, it's not important, honestly, it's just a degree and yeah, it's it's hard to get a, a job in like education, like in universities and trying to be a professor. It's very, very difficult. It's as difficult as trying to become like a, a showrunner or like a writer for a show or getting five minutes, five minutes on Conan, shit like that. Um, but yeah, I'm okay otherwise, you know, trying to stay busy. This is keeping me busy doing this. Um, you talk about your mom a lot. Did your mom and aunt watch a lot of Korean dramas when you were a kid? Not really. They worked all the time. All right. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, not... not I, but they yeah. didn't watch some TV, like some videos yeah. with, like, Korean yeah. shows? Yeah, they watched it. I never really paid attention. <laughs> like, it wasn't just didn't really... I, it never really... I never... I never really... It never got to me. I never really cared. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even, like... I've dated a few women that watch that stuff, and I'm just like, all right. I thought it, it just seems too fake, right? It just, <laughs> it just doesn't seem like it's like a soap opera. I don't like soap operas. I don't like Korean mm. dramas. It just yeah. It, it, when, when you when I watch something, it takes me out of like I don't believe it to be. I could always uh, already have the sense that it's fake. I can't watch yeah. it anymore. Uh huh. I don't know why? Yeah. So. Like, yeah, I understand that feeling. What do you what do you watch then? Like, what kind of films do you like or shows do you like? I like, like all, all anything with special really good special effects. So like big budget <laughs> movies, superficial big budget movies, like and, Marvel and DC yeah, things yeah, like, like that stuff. Well, most of it. I mean, you know, and yeah. like I like you know movies like Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> like good. <laughs> That's a great movie. Wop mobster movies. You know. What I mean? Oh yeah. And just oh, yeah. really that I, I guess that's I mean it, it all depends. I, I liked um the Korean movie that came out last year. Was it last year that was Parasite? Like, yeah, I love Parasite. I like movies like I don't know, just whatever. Just not as long as it's like like horror movies. I don't like I don't care for horror movies with like 
a big monster that I don't believe that's real. You know what I mean? Huh. But I, but, I but watching um, like superheroes like exploding things and rescuing people with these special effects and CGI, which are con constructs, that's okay for you. But this it's weird because they get me to believe it's real. For that, mm. you know what I mean, the way they write it. I mean, not all of them, but sometimes when it seems fake, I'm like, uh, I kind of withdraw from it. But yeah, for some reason, it they can if they can make it seem real and make it truthful under the imaginary given circumstance that that's provided, then then I can buy into it. You know. Okay, so it has to be convincing to you. Convincing, like I like I like Saul. I like I didn't I, I like Scream One and for horror movies, you know. But I didn't like. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Jason. You know what I mean? Or, or like Freddy. You know. Because I'd be watching this like, this is fucking fake. Yeah, I don't like scary movies either. But it's because like when I was five years old, mm -hmm. my cousin at the time, I was living in Korea at the time. My cousin rented this movie called Child's Play with, you know, Chucky. Yeah. And he was watching that. Like he was like seven. I was five. And he was watching with his friends. And I was scared out of my mind. And then that same year, I was still five. My other cousin was watching The Exorcist, like, yeah, just in front of me, just watching it. And you know that scene when her head starts turning? Yeah. Okay, that moment, I lost it. I started hysterically crying, screaming, and I could not sleep. No lie. I couldn't sleep for, like, three months. I remember that whole summer, I just could not sleep. And to this day, when I watch something scary, mm. it will keep me up for a long time. This girl in my yeah. church, actually, same thing happened to her. Her, her, you know, who took her to see it though. Her parents, right? Oh my god! They say, you know, God, if you don't believe in God, this is gonna happen. To you, right? <laughs> she's like five or six, right? And then she, same thing happened to, but it wasn't bad as yours. She literally complete. They said for a month. Yeah, it lasts about a month, but for me, it lasted a whole summer. And then yeah. guess what? I, guess what happened to me a year later? My cousin was watching Exorcist Two. <laughs> And that fucked up my summer too. You know the steps in Exorcist, the steps by the house. Yeah, that's five yeah. minutes from my mom's house. Those steps, because it's good. DC, a true story. Yeah, DC. And check this out, right? Like, um, this is the crazy. This is the interesting thing about those steps. People die on those steps like frequently. Oh, so scary. That's that's weird. It's weird. Like people would like literally like walk down and fall, catch a heart attack. It's weird. You know, I think yeah. rid of them now because it was just like, I don't know, maybe just because you know, it was time it's been there for so long, but mm -hmm. or maybe that's why. Maybe like, man, bad shit keeps happening. Let's do something about this. But, yeah, there yeah. were there were a lot of like myths around that film set as well. The girl said she had like they said she had several breakdowns like while filming. Um, they said like weird freaky shit was happening on that set. Yeah, there's like a lot of documented incidents around and that movie. People, they're like, hey man. You know how a lot of people die on them? They get drunk and they walk down them. They think it's funny. <laughs> right? And then people are like, hey, man, you want to go down, dr get drunk and walk down the exorcist? Like, no. Why not? Because people die. That's why. You know, it's like 1%, like 0.5%. Yeah, but you, you know, don't want to be that. Yeah, You know what? The, the steps, the steps right, you know, right on the other side of the street. They're not gonna have the same effect. I, I think <laughs> zero. No one has ever died on the steps across the street. I just put on those, and I didn't know this. Did you know that going up the escalator or up steps, the man is supposed to go first? 
<laughs> Who said that? I don't know. Someone told me that because I remember one day I, I let a lady go up the steps first, and my friend was like, "You know, that's not proper etiquette for going up. That's the one time the man is supposed to go first because why? Because you could look up the girl's skirt." <laughs> so a pervert told you this well you know what he might not be that bad if he told me to not do, to do that you know what i mean like, like, hey man you you should you're supposed to go up the steps first also go- like like you have to really let her go far up ahead in order to see up her skirt you know because if she's only like one or two steps above you you're just like maybe eye level to her like chest or something maybe he means like you don't you shouldn't be eye level to her tits Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't know what he meant by that. What a weirdo! But is this he, a friend of yours? No, it was a pastor. It was a Korean pastor. A pastor? Okay. Well, this person was clearly a pervert. Like, is he? He's a good. He seems like a good guy. I don't know. A lot of Korean pastors are perverts. Yeah, but um, the thing is, he asked me. I mean, it's so funny because, uh, like, I talk to people from church, and he, he's been emailing everyone asking him for money. Oh wow! Yeah, so I was like, uh. How's your business doing? Because I know that um, your business kind of was one of the the uh, the the sufferers of the protests back in the spring. You know, um, not re- it's really, 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 really good. I mean, insurance didn't cover everything, but it but it, it covered enough. And then, like people, like there's a lot of people with a lot of money that came to spend and try to like cover recover for everything. So yeah. I'm in a good place, like. For some reason, like drug, like like my uh, store caters to a lot of like NBA players and like drug dealers. Uh huh. So they're in business. They have money. Fine. They have money. Yeah. 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 They're, That's they're, great. Yeah, it, it's going really, really well. You're still doing shows, though. It seems I did a show. Um, like small shit. Like you know, you they do private. Like the other day, I did a show in a house. Uh huh. You know, like somebody just hired me to do a house show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just stuff like that and. Uh, I don't know. I and you felt okay doing that? Like they took precautions and things? Not really, but it wasn't that many people. So I I didn't, I didn't like one guy just started greeting everyone with a hug. I do oh. try to stay like distant from people, like wear a mask and yeah. like that. But it, this is the weird thing, right? Because I have a friend that passed away from COVID, right? Oh, sorry. And this is the thing, like he was very cautious. He didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Like he was very, like he only had to go went to go get food or went to go get um I don't know just for like when you really had to leave right yeah caught it and died you know it was weird how he died too because his brother literally came over he said hey can you give me some medicine I think I have the flu he left to get medicine and came back he, he died <gasps> we just he found him dead on the floor you know what I mean oh my god pretty dramatic pretty dramatic yeah and then but then there's I have a friend that does not give a shit like he literally, like he does. He tra- he like literally, like, like, like he's he never stopped going out. Even in March, when everyone was staying in, he would find the party and he would go oh, party, no mask ever. And, oh. and, and, and and he go, he does comedy shows and takes pictures with like a hundred people, just no mask, nothing, smiling and, and like hugging, bear hugging people. And guess oh, what? God. Never caught it. Yeah. His attitude is, if I catch it, I'll beat it because I'm young. So. Wow. You know, okay. Hey, like, to each his own, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah. it's kind of crazy, like, how sometimes I feel like the more you worry about it, it comes. Yeah. Weird. It's like your energy, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I have a friend like that. She's quite cavalier about it. She, you know, flies to see her family and um, 
when she sees them, like nobody's masked up. She travels often. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's been fine. So um, yeah, and, and I, I like how you say like to each his own, because that is the truth, like to each his own. Unfortunately, um, when people, I mean, this is a very contagious disease and when it spreads, it spreads and people d get very ill from it. People do die from it. However, uh, I think I get more stressed out hearing my f people around me complaining about people who don't mask up, you know? And like that to me feels more stressful than just encountering an unmasked person. Yeah, like seeing an unmasked person is annoying um, and I will, I, I'll just walk away or I'll just stay away from that person. But like going online and complaining about it and in being mad about it and angry about it and then attacking those people and then getting into fights with them or like just outwardly declaring like, you know, the, the people who don't mask up, they're the ones killing everybody. And it's like, okay, there is some truth to that, but you're making things worse for everybody by just, you know, expressing this kind of vitriol. At, at the end of the day, as long as you're masked up, I mean, that person yeah. without a mask is, can't affect you if you get, what do they say? Like, if you're like a foot away from them, it's like a 5% chance. I read some shit. I read a lot of shit. <laughs> I have like people that are always telling me facts. And, you know, <laughs> after a while, you just don't, you don't know. You're just kind of like, okay, let me, yeah. let me just be as careful as possible. I noticed this. I know this is, this might sound racist, but it's like, the most precautious people are white people. My white <laughs> friends are so precautious. They will. I've not seen them. And you know what's crazy? I. I mean, they get, I mean, hopefully, I don't get heat for this. I had a people came just came over to my house, from, came over to my house for my birthday. Like, I think like twenty people came over. Right. Wow. And just like I didn't know, like my girl set this up. You know what I mean? So people just came over, and then my white friend came over, and he literally stood outside the window the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he just stood outside the window. I live, I don't live on the ground floor. So he's like looking up at us. Hey guys. <laughs> turns going to the window to say hi to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he has his mask on the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, you're not, you're too far. He's like, what if droplets fall on me? I'm like, all right. When they say life is really like everyone is created equal. Sometimes I get that because I, I know I've seen this. I've seen really intelligent people just yeah. overthink and actually stop and convince themselves out of doing something productive because they're scared. You know, they overthink, they overanalyze, they think about oh, what could possibly go wrong, but what could possibly right. go right. And then they don't even do it because yeah. they might not even do it. They talk themselves out of it because they get, they, they got to a point where they scared them. They scared themselves out of a situation. Mm -hmm. and then I see like people that are not bright at all mm -hmm. because they don't think of consequences. They just go for it and it, yeah. it works out for them. Yeah, you know? happens all the time. So I, it really does make me believe everything is equal. Everything is fair. You just have to find what works for you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. That's that that intrigues me more than more than almost a lot of. I mean, not more than anything, but it really intrigues me how people how how like you know things that that seem so great can work against you, or things that seem so terrible could work for you if you just. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I get. I get it. I don't know. It, it, then you gotta feel. Actually, figure out what works for yourself after that. You know what I mean? Right. And it does happen all the time. Like it's kind of like what you said starting out. Like not being afraid to take risks. Right. Choosing a gamble um, because you don't 
you're not afraid of getting hurt or not afraid of getting you know of the consequences it's it's genuinely a thing fear does hold a lot of people back uh very talented and intelligent people are held back all the time out of only fear it's like they're they're afraid of being rejected or they're afraid of it potentially failing but it's like oh you don't know if it will fail or succeed or be neither of those things unless you try yeah i know two comedians like that no one comedian like they're, they're, it's a similar thing they do is like one comedian he's really really good I think he had to do something for like Comedy Central or something. Mm-hmm. He just didn't show up. He went somewhere and got high and because he, he was so scared. Ugh. And then um, another guy, he was got another guy. I know he got like a his first big spot. Yeah, at, you know, at a really big club, he yeah. didn't show up. He just didn't show up. He he said he was oh I'm sick. He just and, and, and you know he, it, it was like he didn't even call to be like hey I can't make it. He just didn't show up. You know it's what awful. I mean? And, and it's like I but I I, I do I understand kind of but i show up i'll go anyway i'm like yeah i'm fucking terrified to do this but i gotta do it you know exactly it's because sometimes they say what you really desire what you really want is on the other side of what you fear the most oh yeah something you really fear whatever always success always comes to the people that are like the least Mm -hmm. attached from it in a sense yeah going for it yes going for it and and, and doing all the things you're supposed to do to become successful and be that but not like wanting it because like i read this thing too it said like we have a finite amount of energy every day so you got to spend it wisely all that saying oh this club isn't passing me this person isn't booking me that's energy spit that's Mm -hmm. like you're wasting your energy you're wasting your time you're wasting your thoughts that could all be put into your dreams your goals your your whatever whatever or looking for a job you know whatever you know or or, or even messaging promoters you know what i mean instead of saying oh but they're not doing this but i i think it all falls on us you know what yeah. I mean? We're all where we're supposed to be. You yeah. know, we're, we're we're both at this the place. You know, I mean, the universe has a way of like leading you to the exact you know t- place that you're supposed to be at the time you're supposed to be there. I think people just feel that way in general about everything. It's like you know, like even when you meet somebody or like let's say there's a group of people and there's like one desperate person. You know, when you sense that desperation, it's like there's something very repelling about that yeah. desperation, you know, yeah. and it's just like, man, get away from me, you know, because it's, yeah, it's just not, it's not an attractive kind of energy. Yeah. Do you have like an end game for like, I don't know, your career in show business at all? Like, is there like a film that you've been writing or is there a show that you've been writing or I've been like I've been writing, um, like I, I've been writing a drama. Okay. A serialized um, TV drama? It's it, it's gonna be it's a movie. Okay. We have this Korean director that really that I really really like. Yeah. And he saw the project and he approved it right away. He was oh. like he was like this is awesome. But I saw one of his movies and I just really liked it. You know what I mean? And then we got you know we're cool so, and then like literally like he's a very artsy person, so like everything I present to him he'd be like no you're just trying to make money that's popcorn whatever but. I kept presenting over years. I kept sending him stuff. He would, and he, but he would always answer back like, "Nah." He would. He'd, he was so straight up. Be like, "Nah, that's not for me." It's funny, but it's very. Yeah, I need more. I need the characters that have more layers. And but like, I, I, I don't know. I like this. I always like this work. I like how he thinks. Right. And um, and so basically, like, I don't know. He approved it. It is about a. It's about a childhood friend of mine. Um, is a Vietnamese kid, right? And he he grew up like around all black people, right? Yeah. Black, predominantly black neighborhood and he was the sweetest kid when when i first met him and you know when 
and we were kids. I was like a big brother to him, you know. We were like brothers because we were like the only two Asian people around, you know. Right. Well, there's a few of us, but not too many. And then, um, so within two years, he was murdering drug dealers, and I mean, oh like murdering, God. like and doing hits on people. And as a kid, like a teen. No, I mean, no, he's in his twenties. Okay. Oh, but still, but, that's young. You, know, you see, you see the transition. You know yeah. what I mean, like, and it just got, he, he just got bullied so much, and right. He, he he went through tough times. And his mom, I guess, like sometimes, like would leave him by himself. Mm-hmm. You know, go away with like a like like you know with her with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and all that just took a toll on him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I don't know. It's like what sometimes like I, I think it was like the Joker's. Like tagline or something like it takes one bad day for some people, mm-hmm. it changes you forever. Mm-hmm. Like what happened was he beat up like the bully that kept bullying him. Like there was like a six four black dude, six three black dude that would, and he was like five five. He just kept bullying him and bullying him and bullying him, bullying. One day he just snapped and beat the shit out of this dude, right? Uh-huh. Just like literally like beat him like to, created like a puddle of blood, oh, and that God. created like he, he turned into Tupac after that. He didn't turn into- <laughs> You know what I mean? Like where he would like fight anybody, pull his gun out on anybody. You know what I mean? He would go, you know, he just, and then, you know, eventually he went to try to like, like, you know, go take out like really big people that has, you know, like 20 people on their payroll, they'll kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what that was like. He just went a little too far. I see that very often among like Asian American men. I definitely saw a lot of that in New York. Um, So many Asian Americans, like in their teen years, they end up joining gangs or becoming like these, like, you know, tough ass street motherfuckers because they, you know, like Asian men are so oftentimes like emasculated or treated like inferior to the white man and to the black man, you know, and, um, and bullied because of that. And so like, you know, I've seen Asian kids trying to like hard up and then they sense empowerment out of violence through violence by enacting violence onto others. And then they really they cool. just go down that path. I've seen it in New York. I've seen it in Atlanta. So, um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. It happens all the time and it's awful. It's just this was this case was extreme. No, I went through the same thing, but my case wasn't nearly as extreme. It was maybe like two percent of that you know what i mean like yeah you weren't fucking murdering people in cold blood no i mean i i, I had my fair share of bullshit but uh-huh. like, yeah this guy he just went all the way and he, is he still alive today no, no he was sorry murdered. yeah i lost two friends this year from one from both from covid and then um like people i grew up with it's weird i've lost so many people have passed i'm becoming numb like it's almost like you know like you get used to shit. Like, yeah. like someone dies, like it's almost like, all right, you know, I'm sad, you know, but like, it's weird how, how, how hard I took it at the beginning when yeah. I when first started. When I was like 15, 16, people start dying. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, for some reason, you know, it's, it's just happened a lot in my life where people have become, also like I'm friends with a lot of people, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That shit doesn't help, but like, it's weird. <laughs> I've learned to deal with it. Like, I, I just not, I've learned, I've become so numb to death. It's weird. My friend who I was talking to, he said, it's like that. And then and then you'll watch, like, you won't even cry at the funeral. You won't even cry when you hear the news. But then you'll watch, 
like a stupid cartoon and start crying. Ball your eyes. <laughs> it's true. It really happens like that. And Do you cry I mean, watching cartoons? You know what's funny? Like, what's that Kevin Hart movie with um it's usually a cartoon, but what's that Kevin Hart movie with um the guy from Breaking Bad? Um, what's his name? It's when he put he's like he's like handicapped and Kevin Hart has to take care of him. I don't know. Oh, let me try. I'm gonna look it up real quick. <laughs> okay. So. I've never heard of this premise. Yeah, I think it was a. Uh, it's not one of their best movies. Um, With Aaron Paul, the the young no, breaking, the main Brian, guy, Brian Cranston. Yeah, Brian Cranston. They did a movie together. Yeah. What a strange match. Yeah, it is. It was. It was weird. <laughs> okay. It is called The Upside. Okay. Right? And then, like, I remember as soon as it cut on, you saw him taking care, taking care of because. Brian Cranston's character is like handicapped, right? Uh-huh. And you know, you see Kevin Hart like just you know taking care of him, being whatever, uh-huh. and then hanging out together. And I literally just start bawling, crying. I was like, "What a nice guy! You take care of this handicapped person. What a good guy!" Yeah. I remember just like losing it for like I don't know. This is after my uncle passed, and okay. I lived with my uncle like you know most of my life. So yeah, I was the only person that liked him. Nobody liked him but me. Huh. He was gonna, you know that mean Korean man that has Is he no a fuck up? No, no, he was a very straight, very good, very disciplined. Very. Why did, why did nobody like him? He was extremely mean oh. and extremely like verbally, very abuse, very very verbally abusive and um physically abusive. You know? Did he have wife and kids? No, he did. He had a wife. My aunt is my mom's sister, and like oh. he like he like literally a, a you know. He gave was very hard time. Yeah, he gave everyone. He had a uh, very short fuse. Typical you know I mean? Korean patriarchy kind of thing. But it was even more like it was really mean and like just very like I don't know like I don't know it was re- very redundant. Okay. And, very, and then like but I learned this I learned something. I learned so much from him though. Like this is what this is something that I really want to take with me that I'm going to take forever is like so like around 12 years ago him and my aunt went to uh, the doctor to get, I mean, to get life insurance. They got okay. a, like, a medical checkup to get life insurance. And they told my aunt she has about two years to live. They told my uncle, and she, they refused to insure her. But they insured my uncle for, like, I think $2 million. And, then they were like, and they were like, hey, uh, you know, whatever. Because he would, he exercised every day, he took care of himself. He was in great shape. And then um, last year, he passed. Like, now it's two, a year and a half ago, like 2019, he passed in the summer. And my aunt is still here. She's 82. Damn. Right. And she's and she's overweight. She'll eat a whole pound cake with a soda. <laughs> I've seen her literally do this. Eat a whole pound cake with three sun kiss sodas. <gasps> like, like literally just bop, just put it back. And she's still here. You know what the difference is? She controlled her emotions very well. She oh. never yelled. She never let things get to her. She just, you know, she just kind of like was really good at let, letting things go. You know because I mean? she had a whole pound cake and three sun kissed sodas to, to maybe have later. Maybe maybe that's what it is. This is what I this is what I learned. Like she used to pound cake. He he eat nothing but vegetables and good shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's pissed off all the time because he's yeah. not eating any sweets. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Who knows? But the right balance will keep you going. You know what I mean? Like the things you would get mad up mad at would be understandable why you're why you need to address it, mm-hmm. but just handle them, just handled him poorly, you know, okay. handle too much rage. Whereas yeah. I saw a time where it's like, okay, 
you don't even need to say anything, but you just took it too far. Mm. You know, you you're, you you don't need to be this pissed off. I see. I see a lot of that, like among um, Korean fathers, oftentimes. Uh, my dad was is similar. Um, he's mellowed out a bit, but I mean, he he and I have a very contentious relationship, barely relationship. But yeah, like growing up, my mom's a very messy person, you know, and it's um it passes down from her mother. Like my grandmother's a very messy person. Like you go to her house, it's a fucking mess. Um, but it's also a condition of depression, like being that messy and not being able to organize and not being able to clean habitually is like a, a form of depression. So depression runs on my mother's side of the family. So my mom is a depressed woman, doesn't, doesn't know how to clean very well, doesn't like to clean very well. But my dad would come home every night and just scream at her for being like for leaving the house so messy he'd be like what the hell have you been doing all day it's such a mess and like he would take out his pent-up rage from work or whatever whatever shitty thing he endured that day and take it out on my mother and remember all the time like we'd we'd be at such peace all day like my mom's just watching tv we're watching tv with her or we're doing our homework we're just like at chill at peace during the day and then like around seven you know, when my dad's about to come up, we hear, we hear the car pulling up or we hear his like keys at the door and my mom would freak out and be like, oh, my God, clean up the take, clean everything up. It's like he's at the door like you have 30 seconds to get your shit together and like you're going to stress this out. So now I have this thing where like I am so fucking tidy and clean, like everything is clean all the time when there's even a sock on the floor. I'm like, why the fuck is that sock on the floor? You know, it feels like this awful thing is going to happen if things are not clean and tidied up but it's because of my parents energy you know like what their dynamic it was just so messed up like you just you just they just passed it to you yeah 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 i mean it's actually good though it's actually i mean it's it's a healthy thing to be clean yes but it's what what's problematic about it is like i can't live with people you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like having roommates was a nightmare because they were not as fucking OCD as me about being clean because I have that alarmist energy in the back of my my subconscious at all times that like my dad's going to come in and scream and yell and throw things or hit my mom or be a piece of shit to everybody. You know, it's it, it instill this it, it instills a terror in you for that lasts a lifetime. And yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you say these things like, you know, try and control yourself in order to um, promote more peace around you. And there's a lot of truth to that. There's so many clubs out here. There's so many, there's so much opportunity out here. You know, there's a lot. You know what I mean? True. It's, it's like true. People, I mean, imagine if you're like Oklahoma, we'd be fucked. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. I went to Montana uh, to do show, uh, to do a show. And literally, there's no comedy club. They just do it in like restaurants and bars. And, you know what I mean? There's no comedy club, and it's the biggest popping city in Montana. Yeah, the city suck. I mean, you know, the place is is horrible. I mean, the 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 play the restaurant by my house. I mean, by the hotel thing had had sausage filled, had cinnamon rolls with sausage in it. And you're just you're trying to kill everybody, and they want to die because it sucks to live there. <laughs> like literally, like it's crazy. Like. I remember, like, I, this is the funny thing, though. Like, so I was there from, like, Thursday through Sunday. Uh-huh. And, like, on by Saturday, I saw no black people. None. All white people. Like, it's 99.5% white. Uh-huh. And then I went to the mall to go buy Jordans. Uh-huh. 
and there was a line of like 20 black dudes. Like, What's up, you guys? I didn't know you guys were even in this fucking town. I haven't seen any. And, and then one black dude looked up down the line and goes, this is every black dude in the whole fucking town right here. And I, like, I believe it because I haven't seen any and it's so good to see you guys here. Yeah, you know, it's I, nice. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Let me ask you some flashcard questions, okay? So the the show that I'm focusing on for this episode is called The World of the Married. And it was um, Korea's number one rated cable TV series, like, of all time. It came out March of 2020, right around when the pandemic was starting or getting real, real fucked up. Okay, so let's say you're a wife, all right? You're a wife and you're a mother to a, a middle school age son. And you're also a doctor. You're a kick-ass doctor. You're like the associate director of a hospital. Uh, your husband is a filmmaker, but he's been struggling to get his next project out for a very long time. Okay, You find a cherry-flavored lip balm in his pocket and a long strand of red hair that's not yours on a scarf. Okay, It doesn't belong to you. All right, What do you do? Ask him what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. Ask him what's going Just on. I don't know. Question straight up. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I would. Oh, I, I, I never. I don't like holding on to stuff. Mm. I like to just let it out. That's one thing my family does. They like will hold on to something and just not say anything, and and, and like they like tell you like three years later. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that's that's not that's not even. I don't know. I went through that with them, so I try to, I try to take everything good from them, and, 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 and anything that I felt like I didn't agree with, I would take it and make it, you know, make it do the right thing. So you and uh, your wife I, have a good line of communication. She thinks, she thinks no, but I think yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I try to be better because I since I was the only child, I never had to communicate with anybody, and then my parents were never home, so I'm just literally just yeah. doing things myself and that's why I'm sometimes I'm so at peace when I'm by myself. I yeah. love being by myself. Yeah. Other people are like, aren't you bored? I'm like, no man, get away from me. I like being <laughs> by myself. I'm enjoying myself. I'm really enjoying myself. You're still the same woman, okay? You suspect your husband of being unfaithful to you. So you check inside his car and uh, you find a backpack which contains condoms and a cell phone. All right. On that phone are photos of him with uh, a younger woman she's in her 20s okay she's the daughter of one of your patients also on that same phone are photos of your neighbors your colleagues your friends they're all hanging out with your husband and this other woman they're like at the same party together okay also on that phone are text messages that your friends colleagues and neighbors sent to your husband to let him know about your whereabouts so that he could sneak around and be with this woman what do you do uh, kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think at that point, I would just tell them what it is, and I would just leave. Okay. I, I don't. I'm not into uh, um, like I'm not into like it, 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 whenever a relationship goes to that point where you're, you're bickering. You know, you know those couples that stay together and they bicker every day oh, to each other. And worst. I just leave. Yeah. I'm done. I'm gone. Let's say you're the now you're the filmmaker husband. Okay. okay. You made one indie film years ago and nothing else since. All right. You took out a second mortgage on the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
that your wife pretty much pays for with her doctor salary. Your production company is hemorrhaging money. It's near bankruptcy. Your rich girlfriend's father invested in your next project. Okay, your wife takes you out for a drive, and then when you when you go end up at this house, it's your girlfriend's parents' house. Okay. And over dinner with your girlfriend and her parents and your wife, your wife reveals the fact that your girlfriend is pregnant with your child. And then your wife insults your girlfriend in front of her parents. And then your girlfriend smacks the back of your wife's head. What do you do? Uh, break it up. <laughs> break it up. Which one? Take in the middle and be like, it's, it's, it's all it's all a joke. I'm just kidding. I, 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 I don't know. I would just stand in the middle of them and tell, uh, sorry, but uh, your success makes me feel insecure. Oh, know. to the wife. Because yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that so many times in my life where the woman, like, I, I've had to explain to, like, really great women who are so successful, so considered very attractive by so many and sometimes the more attractive, if you if, if the combination is like up here, so 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 attractive, so accomplished, so intelligent, so has everything together, they get they, it's the hardest for them. For sometimes it's the hardest for those people to get, a, get into a relationship because, like you know what happens, the guy always ends up cheating because of his his insecurity. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, she's oh shit, I'm a loser. Yeah, it happens all the time, especially to successful women. You're right, I've seen it too. A lot of my a lot of my girlfriends who are like in their 30s, 40s, they are very beautiful, very intelligent, very successful, and they like their love lives are a fucking nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, for some it works out though. For some it works out. It works out. I, I just see that it's just surprising that uh, uh, the insecurity of a man could destroy a relationship like that. Yeah. You know? And Especially a, like a perfect woman, like a, a man's insecurity will destroy a perfect woman. <laughs> That's what I like. Like in a guy, I like guys who like they feel sturdy, you know, like no matter what I say, what I do, everything's like fine. Everything's acceptable and it's cool. Like those guys, like, I'm like so turned on by guys like that. Like nothing phases them, nothing, you know, like they're just like, like a rock, like stone solid. Like those guys. It's all about that shit. Okay. All right. So, okay. Last, last, last flashcard. I wanted you to keep going. (laughs) Okay. Last flashcard question. Last last one. I tried to figure out how to get you. So, (laughs) what I, what I like is just a guy who's like, who knows what he's about and who's good at what he does. And, and that's it, you know, and he's happy with it. And when he's, whatever he's good at and he's like so good at that like that's so sexy to me i find that so attractive when a guy is good at something you know and it's like i don't know why other men can't feel the same way about his woman you know when she's so good at that thing and she's so successful in that thing why can't he find that just as attractive i find that so fucking sad but anyway whatever i hooked up, i had a really cool female friend i hooked up one of my childhood friends with her with her right they end up having sex and then he goes in the other room after he has sex with her and calls another girl. Oh my god! And, and so she could hear him, and she kicks him out of the house. And oh it, my god! I yell at him. He's like, he's like, what are you, what are you so mad for? I'm like, because if you're going to do that, it's my friend. It's not like a girl that I met on the street. So yeah, be considerate. Like at least if you're going to do that, go to the store and talk in front of the Seven Eleven for thirty minutes and come back. 
You know, if at work, if that's what you're really going to do. At least be respectful to the person, like in their face. You just fuck the person. You said you good God, what's wrong with you, man? I you know. know. It's like guys don't know how to like confront a woman and just be like, look, I mean, it was it was fun fucking you, but like I don't I'm not in it for the long haul. I don't want to be with you because they don't want to have that conversation with it. They'll go and do shit like that. They'll pull some bullshit like that in order to send her a roundabout kind of message and make her feel all crazy. And then when she gets mad, they're like, you're acting crazy. It's like, well, like you said, it's like, what did you do, right? What did you do to get stabbed? Yeah. <laughs> Pull some bullshit like that, you're going to get stabbed, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's the end of the flashcard series. You bring a lot of reason to these um, high drama, heinous Korean dramas. And uh, I, think, I think folks will appreciate that. This one really works in relationship. By the way, you guys are listening. This really helps. This helped a lot of people. <laughs> Don't ever tell your partner how to be, what to be, what to do. Just fix yourself. Just work on yourself and let them be who they are. Don't change who they are because no one likes to be told who to be. It was so nice talking to you, Dante. This was always talk, good talking to you. Yeah. Next week, we're going to talk about one of my favorite romantic comedy dramas of all time it's called the greatest love um it stars kong hyojin like i said she's like one of my favorite k-drama actresses um and cha sung won yeah and uh they're both very very funny on the show it's a really fun show funny show so if you want to laugh check it out and as always all right please subscribe to our youtube channel yes you know i edit these videos every week you guys for you so that you could watch it Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, okay? Please uh, leave a leave a nice review if you can. Just click five stars. It literally takes, what, five seconds to click five stars? Can you just do that, please? Um, and just spread the love while you can, you know? Because we're all going to die, okay? And when we die, we want to feel good. We want to feel like we left some good on this earth, okay? So spread the love. Um, you can follow K-Drama School on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also visit the website, kdramaschool.com. You can also email me. That's right. You can email me questions about anything. Please make it kdrama related. Email me, kdramaschool at gmail.com. There you go. So easy to remember, right? And as always, thank you for tuning in, and I will see you all next week.